Aim High and See Past, a podcast about aerospace, facts and data about a hidden industry, an industry that needs to be tapped into. The needs are vast and the opportunities are endless for you, your family, and your economy. Join me and let's learn more about this week's topic. Today's podcast is going to be about the homeless crisis. And this is mainly going to be, um, I guess this this problem is really bad on the West Coast. Actually, um, let me rewind a little bit. I only moved to the state, to the West Coast as of uh, 2016. And prior to moving to the West Coast, California being the first stop before I migrated here in Washington where I'm at today, um, I lived in Virginia Beach. I lived on the East Coast first. I moved to um, Ohio. And then from there, I lived in Virginia. And then I lived in North Carolina. But I commuted back and forth to Virginia every day for work. And... um, when I worked in California, or I'm sorry, when I worked and lived in Virginia, I really loved helping the homeless. And the reason being was because they were people that were hard on their luck. You know, a normal person like you or I who used to have a job and then lost it. And then all of a sudden, you know, without a job, it's hard to pay for your house and your car and so on and so forth. And then there you are in a, they're in a bad, they're in a bad spot. And it wasn't by any choice of their own. And so when you lived in the East Coast, or actually when I did back in 2015, um, the homeless was a lot different than the homeless here are in the state of Washington. So let me, I just described to you what a homeless person looks like in the, on the East Coast. They want to go back to work. They need help. They desire help. You would never, I've never caught a homeless person nor a homeless camp in the state of Virginia. Um, we've had shelters, but I've never seen anything like this epidemic here in, in, on the West Coast. Conversely, let's look at the homeless people here. Here on the on the West Coast, it's very different. Um, people sleep on the sides of the road. They live in tents. They're allowed to shoot up drugs in their arms in the in the plain view of normal citizens. Um, they loiter and they um, litter and they are drugged out of their minds in public and it's actually kind of scary to try to help and we'll talk about that in a whole nother subject but let's just talk about the difference in the homeless from east coast versus west coast here on the west coast people wonder how do we how are we going to help the homeless how do we find affordable housing? But when you look at the, the, the majority of the homeless people here in, in the state of Washington, I'm talking, let's just talk about Tacoma where I live. They're all addicted to drugs. 
so how do you expect to be able to help somebody that their only mindset, their entire mindset is how to get their next fix because they need to feel that pain or that ache that they're itching for or that they're feeling. So the last thing on their mind is affordable housing. You know, I talked to the mayor of Tacoma not too long ago. I actually had the opportunity to have coffee with the mayor. And while I was having coffee with the mayor, um, we asked about the homeless epidemic and how we could help these people. And the mayor said went something to me that stood out. And she said that a lot of the homeless people, she went to an encampment and there were about 20 people there. Forgive me if I'm um, over-exaggerating, but I'm ad-libbing from what I can remember the story to be. And her and a team of people went to this homeless encampment on Puyallup Ave and offered a warm, clean place for people to go and stay so that they don't have to live outside and in their filth. And out of the 20 people, only two raised their hand and, and opted to go. And the mayor said to me, Miss Wilson, we can't force people to get help for their drug problem because they're adults. So <clears throat> after she, she left me with that, I thought for a little while um, and one day my son and I went off I made too much chili that night for dinner and I decided that I wanted to um, pack up some you know to-go cups with lids and, and silverware and, and napkins so I could go and give out some homemade chili to the homeless and as my son and I drove down the street looking to help the homeless, we thought and we said to each other, we can't find any homeless. And as we continued to drive, um, we came across a couple people that appeared to be homeless. You know, they were next to the, the, the tents and things and they were pushing carts. But as we got closer to them, they were kind of frightening. And I didn't feel like I wanted to offer them chili. I actually felt worried for my safety. It was opposite of how I felt when I would try to help the homeless in Virginia. Um, after driving a while, driving around for a little while, I only had six, you know, six to-go cups, six medium cups of chili to give away. and. Believe me, you could ask Brendan if you had the opportunity. It took us a good, I don't know, 40 minutes to find people to want to help. The people that we did approach, they were frightening. They were drug addicted. And it made me realize that we had to do something about it. And the reason for my podcast whether people may or may not like my idea, but is it to share my idea about the homeless epidemic? Um, the fact of the matter is you can't help somebody that is addicted to drugs, nor can you force somebody that's addicted to drugs to go get help. Unless, however, 
they're arrested for breaking the law and then they lose all their rights and they have to go to jail and I'm talking jail not prison I understand that prison they have their own world up there and from what I understand they they have access to drugs unlike the, the jails the local jails but I could be mistaken but this is where I'm going with this in order for us to clean up our streets, we have to first enforce our laws. It's very simple. We have a no loitering law, enforce it. We have a no littering law, enforce it. We have a no drunken public law, enforce it. And what do I mean by enforce it? This is what I mean. I mean, we should enforce our laws so that people that commit these small crimes, loitering, drunk or drug-induced in public, littering, um, all of those things, they should have a minimum sentence of 90 days in jail. And why do you ask? Because it takes a human being at least 90 days to become sober from that drug. And then after that, once they finally gain their, their mind, they get their mind back and their clarity, and they're no longer trying to fix this pain that they feel, and they're able to think like a normal human being like the rest of us, they then are put through another 90 days of rigorous, intensive outpatient treatment in which perhaps and i'm thinking here in this in the city of tacoma i don't i don't know where else this could happen but if we had jails that had open space a section of this jail for people that are have been arrested for these small crimes that are going through this six month period of intensive detoxification Specifically, when a druggie or a homeless person that is addicted to drugs of some type or another, they go to jail for an immediate 90, for a mandatory 90 days, minimum sentence, period. After that 90 days, the, the, this person is sober, clean from drugs, and after that, they'll resume some required out patient therapy this outpatient therapy that I'm thinking is um, more like they would they would still be a part of the system but they would receive holistic training they would receive skill training what do these people need this is going to give us an opportunity to determine who's sane and who's insane the people that are in, insane, then we're gonna have to find out, a, find a place to put them because they can't be walking our streets, right? The people that are sane, but just addicted to drugs, we're gonna get them clean, right? Once they're clean, we can understand their story. And then we can help them find a path to figure out how they could be stable on their own feet. Now, in a perfect world, my vision is this. Once these people are clean and sober, some of them may or may not need, they're probably gonna need job, job assistance, right? 
We know that there's a lot of different jobs that are out there. A lot of different employers are hiring, even McDonald's. But what we need to do is that's when we come up with that um, affordable housing. That's when affordable housing comes into place. But affordable housing doesn't come into place until we get these people clean and sober and off the streets. Now, let's go back and let's just say somebody completes the entire program. So, uh, let me continue on with my thoughts. So, this person completes the last, the last um, 90 days of the program and before being, you know, released from the program, they should at least have a job and they should have some type of housing. And I'm thinking, we've invested money in these tiny houses so people can shoot up and not damage our streets. But obviously that flopped right in our face because these tiny houses are no longer or infested in filth and disgust. And it's still, now it's spilling over into our streets. So instead of using these tiny houses for shoot up, safe shoot up areas, why not invest in a tiny house for sober living and for affordable housing. I've come up with the figure of $500. It seems to be reasonable for people. Even if you make minimum wage and you work 40 hours a week, $500 a month is affordable. So <clears throat> that's my vision for these people. Um, what happens if the person goes back to drugs and they get rearrested again for these silly crimes? Well, that's when we're going to have to deem them maybe mentally incapable of managing themselves. Right? Or at the very least, we know that our streets are clean now in the city of Tacoma, for example. Um, because people aren't going to want to be in a town that's going to arrest them and the you're either going to get clean or you're not and you're going to go to a different city or town on your own but that's just my thought we can't help the indigent if they're not clean off of drugs the only way to get somebody clean off of drugs is to enforce our laws people are going to say well where does all that money come from we're already giving away a bunch of money. We're already, you know, throwing away a bunch of money for immediate assistance. You know, oh, well, here, stay, here's a voucher for staying in a hotel for this, or here's a voucher for that. This is short-term. Those are short-term remedies to the, to the problem. We need to really focus on the long-term. The long-term and rehabilitating these people, these human beings that need desperate help absolutely desperate help because when you're living in the filth that you're pissing and shitting in you need help because not even animals do that so that's what my this week's podcast is all about um whether or not we could really do this i don't know i just feel like we need to enforce our laws it starts with setting boundaries people only do what you allow them to do if we allow them to, to loiter up the cities and, and dirty up and leave their filth and their gunk everywhere, then that's exactly what they're going to do. 
If we enforce our laws and require that these people go and, and have mandatory jail sentences, and we enforce our laws and we put all of our dollars into rehabilitating this human being rather than giving them a quick fix and trying to come up with affordable housing, we're never going to get anywhere. Affordable, it's never going to be affordable for someone that is addicted to drugs because all their money is going to go to drugs, right? So, um, I don't know. This, this week's podcast, it didn't really have anything to do with aerospace, but it, it really had to do with making an impact in our cities, in our counties that are, that are poisoned by the drugs. And the only way that we can, I feel that we can clean up the drugs is to not have a tolerance for it. We have to stop finding it okay. Because coddling a person that's addicted to drugs and look turning the other cheek when somebody's out there filthing our streets and, and having to deal with it, it's not okay. These people need help. And the only way to help them is by enforcing our laws and putting our money to where good work is it can be used um i don't know how far this podcast will go or who will listen and if this can really happen but again it's my idea because i truly believe that people only do what we allow them to do and i would love to hear comments and feedback and ideas on on what you think about my idea. Can this really be done? Is this something that could happen? I know this would be massive, massive incarcerations at first, but over time, eventually they're all gonna be sent out and they're gonna be clean. But if we don't fix the epidemic and we keep the, the, the people, the buyers on our streets that are addicted to drugs, it's not gonna keep the pushers out. It's going to keep the pushers in, just like any other business. Where there's buyers, there's sellers. So that's all I have to say for that tonight. And um, again, thank you for tuning in and listening. <laughs>